Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hmm. Welcome you. Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan. We're in Starville, Mississippi. I got my right hand man, Mr. Matt Mason. How goes it? What's up, my boy? My my longtime brother. Oh man. It is the music that binds us. It is. Coming to you live from my mini recording studio here in Starville. It's got a few little things in it that we can have fun with. You've told us a little bit about your early beginnings and Episodes long gone, but how does being like classically trained, like from being in a drumline up into college, how does that translate over towards being a drummer in a, a blues band or whatever else? It is a funny thing because when you grow up in the classical, classically trained music system, you you learn a lot of things about notes and about subdividing measures into different little parts and. Really, you have to unlearn all of that to play drum set to get to get play rowdy drums because when you think about it, that's that's a whole whole different group of people that came with that. Those weren't classically trained at all. You learn to do what they did. Yeah, it's it's almost like uh, unlearning what you know. Yeah, and it really does just get me in my head a lot about uh, you know, if if I'm literally thinking like, is this going to be a 16 note fill or a, or a sextuplet fill right now? It's a it's a weird thing, and that, <laughs> yeah, it's thinking about terms like that. Whether uh, whether I'm playing bass with you or whatever it is, you know. However, I'm playing music with you is. I don't know. I, I guess that's one thing that I give the drummers all the time is. I don't know, maybe that, maybe that's what we'll dissect a little bit is. <laughs> Like, I just trust that you're gonna hold the bottom. It is my it is my lot in life. I and I think enjoy it. I think I think I've been blessed, man, because <laughs> I've uh, in my experience I've I've worked with three drummers in the past with like different bands, different iterations, mm-hmm. and they've they've been really well at what they do. Yes, and I think. Okay, I, I guess I've just been blessed because, like, I hear horror stories of just people who just have so horrible experiences when it comes to that's cr- the rhythm section. Yeah, that's crazy to me too because there's just so many drummers, and you can say there's not, but like, you, you I, say that I know a like, lot of them, man. Every person that's not a drummer, Matt, says there's not a lot out there. <laughs> every single one of them. That's funny. I don't know if there's just a few good ones or what. I'm, I'm just, I'm just a dude floating around in the world playing drums. Like I don't know what level I'm at. I'm just, but you, I just love it so much. But you've been tied up the whole time, pretty much. So mm-hmm. you, you've always like been involved. 
Yeah, and drummers are loyal by nature. So anybody that I start with, like me and Phillips, have been playing all these years. Like we're, um, you know, I'll, I'll drum for him any day, no matter what. Like it's 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 just a loyalty that, that is among drummers. I guess because maybe there's something in the back of my mind that's like, oh, there, maybe there's not a lot. Like maybe I should, maybe I should be very dependable because of that. You know. I have no other other, like, just, you know, coming, I I got brought up in, like, in Thick Adam for, like, a a church scene, Mm -hmm. and when I was building up a church band, like, the hardest piece was drums. Yes. And I found it early, and I never thought twice about it. Yes. And then when I moved down to Mobile, was involved once again in, like, a church scene, and there was an established drummer, and any any project that I've been a part of, it's like we always we always had that. But when I talk to other musicians, mm-hmm. it's like, man, it's it's the difference between you doing it by yourself or you having a whole band. It's like we we couldn't find a drummer. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> okay. oh yeah. There's a lot of good like two man acoustic groups out there that would agree with you. They're just one piece away from making this whole production, one hundred percent. So wild. So, um, I, I, like I say, I know we've talked about it, but um, take me back to Union for a minute. What? How'd you get into music? Well, man, like I, 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 I grew up in Union, Mississippi, small town. You know, just just hanging out with my buddies, <laughs> playing football in front yards all over the city, and riding our bikes everywhere, tearing up the world. I wish I knew how many how many miles I put on that bike, you know, when I was 13 years old. But music just kind of came to me like I just joined the concert band when I was in the fifth grade, 10 years old, and I just never gave it up, you know. There's, there's a lot to be said for that, that I just really, I never gave it up. I still get to play to this day. That's one thing that kind of strikes me is... Um I come from a small town. Mm-hmm. I literally knew one drummer, and when I was in high school, we didn't we didn't have a band in high school. We like it got disbanded. Like we we didn't have that. Yeah, yeah. From like the point from I stepped into ninth grade to graduation, mm-hmm. and that went on for maybe five more years, right? Maybe longer. And so, like, music was just absolutely suffocated. Kennedy, you know, like you had a couple guys who play guitar, right? And they were exactly what you thought about, like a small town guitar player. It was that bonfire, whatever else, playing those cover songs. Yes. And but I don't know. I'm just trying to laser in on like what it what it what it felt like coming from somewhere where music was kind of happening. Mm-hmm. And like you had options, I get yeah. I mean yeah, you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the marching band was a big deal of us school. I feel like a lot. Of, I, I feel like there was a lot of cool people in the band back when I was doing it. It wasn't just like a you know, it wasn't like the nerdy thing to do. Like we were all kind of in it together. It was I don't know. There was something to it. But you know Philadelphia has a where I I really truly grew my roots and where I where I kind of claim because nobody knows where Union is. They just know where Philadelphia is. Like it has kind of a rich history of music, and there, there's some good people that are from there. I mean, there's a there's a top Nashville recording artist from there right now. 
Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, I guess one thing I never really got to ask the drummer is uh, as far as, like, when you first started stepping into it. Mm-hmm. Like, we all, we all want to be, like, the front man. We want to be on the front. Like, what made you want to be, like, uh, a drummer? Or maybe, like, it wasn't even that. Maybe it was snaring the drum line. Like, how did you even develop the idea of, yeah, that's where I'm at? I guess it's just like it's a it's a sense of structure. Like no matter how chaotic the music is around you, you always have the drums to be the backbone and the spine to hold it all together. It's just something that's really nice about that. And in high school, it was more of like oh, it's a it's a better sense of leadership. There's more of a responsibility being center snare on the drum line. You know, when you're that age and that's the way you see it, like that's all I ever wanted. I just wanted to be the one in the middle calling the shots, and I was that for a long time. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. You know, I look back on my marching band history fondly, but I've also had, you know, I've laid down like damn near 13 years probably of playing shows and bars and booking shows. And yeah, that's, that's a whole different animal altogether. I really love it. <laughs> um, not to, to spend too much time there, but, um, from marching band or drumline mm-hmm. to playing I guess it might be better just to ask how you met Philip and like, like from standing up playing like drumline to sitting down behind behind a drum set. Okay, so I'll tell you, uh, my my first band that I played with, that's when I kind of learned drum set. It was a weird thing. I'd I'd played a little bit, I dabbled, but I got real serious about it when <laughs> I was about twenty years old, and. I met Philip just in a living room jam. We had a full studio set up in the living room at our little house in Union that we had, me and my brother Cody. And we we would just do like a little like Tuesday or Thursday night jam with these guys from Philadelphia, Josh Sessoms and Philip Sable. And we called it the Green Burritos. And it was just like a fun jam. It was great. And, uh, you know, Dark Water was born out of that. Me and Philip have been together ever since. That would have been 2014. So, you know, me and Phil have been playing together for nine years. And it all started in the dark water days when we first started playing like a lot of like uh, jam band music, like a bunch of Panic and some Dead, with like a lot of jam structure in our songs. Like it was very impromptu, very improvisational, to a point where I felt like I stepped out of like a cover band feel, like where you have to learn to play notes, you know, songs note for note, and you're able to step into more of like a just like I control the rhythm, I control the song. The song is how I say it is a little bit you know a little more than i was doing before with with that like jam structure like that i'll agree with that just playing bass Mm -hmm. even though like maybe the song has been written but and it's been suggested (laughs) yeah songs are just suggested yeah exactly and that's exactly how i felt it and so like you play it the way that you feel it and the way that you heard it thursday might not be the way that you heard it saturday Mm mm-hmm and that was one thing that was really attractive and like from us like playing together in a band mm. was i knew from being a bass player it's why like i like if i were to play a bass it, it would it would be with you because mm-hmm. uh, i've never had that that i guess uh just locked in yeah we're just locked in yeah Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a weird way, but I mean that is the best way to say it. Oh yeah, because uh, like I can I can I can feel that and get right in that movement. Mm-hmm. And 
that because I'm not a widespread penit guy, or I'm not a Grateful Dead. Yeah, or, I never was either. But I never was. Yeah. But like, there is a sense of getting in that kind of a a moment, and you can carry that moment. You get it in that moment. You understand mm-hmm. why why that's a thing. Why so many people enjoy it. But the, and there's another thing like when you're playing it as a band, like when you want to take it to another level, um, you all feel it all at once. Mm-hmm. It does. If something comes over you, the spirit takes hold. <laughs> something about it. You just float up over the over the whole set, and you're just looking at everything, and you kind of you kind of see it in pieces, and you kind of get everybody on the same page, and then it's like a big change. It'd be like a big key change out of nowhere, and everybody just knows where it goes. Isn't that weird? Yeah, that's kind of the power of music, kind of, really so is. to speak. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, dude, I'm telling you. Uh, so, Dark Water and Groove Johnson, Cosmic Gravy, um, mm-hmm. all these, all these bands that you've been in over the years is yeah. uh, shout out Magnolia Sound Machine. That yeah, I left one out. Yeah, <laughs> those um, my boys, uh, Drew Smith and Dylan Thomas from Rudy, and those are my boys. Cool guys. Out, guys. I didn't mean to leave you out. But um, I, I can't, like, once again, going back to that, like, I guess it's like, almost like being classically trained yeah. to stepping out and maybe I maybe I just don't understand drums to where, <laughs> like, how do, you, how do you go from, like, high school band to, like, a full drum set? I, I just, uh, you just learn. <laughs> just learn the same way. You just repetition, doing it over and over, practicing every day. I mean, I had a drum set in my living room. I'd just go in there and cook up beats every time everybody left for work. I'd sit in there and just play for two hours straight all the time, all um, the time. But you're not only like a a drummer. Like, do you ever feel like when you're sitting there playing drums? Like, obviously, you get your headphones in, you're mm-hmm. listening to something to play with. But yeah, like it always felt like to me when I was growing up, like guitar was the the easiest thing to like pick up and be like it was recognizable and you know people knew what you were trying to do mm-hmm. whether, whether you were screwing it up or not yeah <laughs> Ooh. you got the idea I just man I, I just love drums so much and there's no way to stay in it as long as I have and not play drum set I mean that's impossible and I mean you're talking about two completely different worlds I was the tenor captain at EC for you know, all those years, I was at EC way too long. I was just like the Van Wilder of East Central Community College. And when I find, you know, I played in the drum line every year I was there. I loved it. But you're talking about two completely different worlds. And that's kind of what goes into like, you know, whenever I was a drum instructor at a, at a drum line in a high school. That's that's a different world, too. I'm glad I decided to get out of that. Because I'm way more on like the performance side than the education side. That's like two ways you can go when you have a music degree. Sure. Yeah. I was way more about performance, you know. Who knows where I'd be if I'd have truly sought after the performance aspect. I might be playing timpani in, like, you know, a big ensemble in New York right now. You never know. Yeah. But I like the way it's going, man. I like staying in Mississippi and staying true to the roots and trying to build it up all just right here local. I mean, when you think about drums, is is there anybody that, like, inspired you or, like, Man, I want to be able to throw it down like that guy, or like, how do you, how do you approach that? One hundred percent, dude. I draw inspiration from everybody. There's a lot of like, uh, 
Whenever I first got on drum set, that was like kind of the beginning of Instagram drummers. It's like I got on the ground level on like a lot of uh, uh, Adam Tumanero and oh man, I'm trying to think of a bunch of others. There's just so many. I just watch people on Instagram all day long, and you just get ideas and you check them up and you you know you practice that, and eventually just all everything just becomes muscle memory. You're just choosing your style and practicing enough that you just move your hands and it just happens for you. It's kind of a wild thing. Say that louder for the folks in the back. I mean, like, I feel like a lot of people who play guitar is like, they get discouraged because, like, oh, these hands, are, they, they, they move too fast. Or uh, I'm getting discouraged by the fact that uh, uh, my right hand can't do what his hand's doing or my front hand can't come down. It's, and it's just time. Mm-hmm. Like, find something that you're into. And by the way, you might be hearing, uh, that's my ride, you're in the back. <laughs> they're coming to pick Oh, they're coming. Oh, they're coming. <laughs> We're doing a true porch fest, uh, just right off the porch this time. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> but, uh, <coughs> it's funny, I was watching a video one time, like, uh, you know, like most drummers do, we'll, or anybody, any musician really uses YouTube for a main reference a lot of the time. And it was like how to how to get your foot speed faster, like how to kick your bass faster. And at the right at the beginning of the video, he's just like, "You just practice, dummy. There's no way to just get it faster. There's no trick. You just practice." Yeah. And I've really taken stuff like that hard. I'm just like, "Oh yeah, duh. It's just repetition. It's what I've always done." Yeah. That's really the classical aspect, I guess. If you if you're wondering how it affects you the most, it's learn. It's the discipline to learn to practice and practicing and just putting in like even to this day. I can't play a drum set every day, but I have an electric drum set out here in my studio that we're sitting in right now. And like every time I go smoke a cigarette, I'll just walk out there and just hit it for five minutes. There you go. But you know, you do that five minutes every hour while you're home, then you know you've you've gotten in a good little solid thirty minutes for a bit. Every I, night. I feel that way too. Dude. And it's it's the way that I've been trying to fill my time because like I've been feeling like god awful mm-hmm. about like well, I don't play guitar. It got to a point where like. I didn't feel like I was as good as I used to be. Yeah, I get real guilty if I haven't practiced. Yeah. Yeah, it's like people that hit the gym every day. I wish I was one of those people that could hit the gym every day, but I don't. But I have the same feeling about drums. Like, oh, if I if I don't just play the drums, then I'm not playing the drums. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, if you're, if you're not actively trying and doing it every day, then what are you really doing? And then one thing is, like, also, like when you when you kind of find your when you find yourself when you find your foot and then like you find your style, yeah, and it may it probably is this way on drums. I have mm-hmm. no idea, but like when it comes to guitar, like I bought a banjo. Yes. And to learn banjo, and I bought a book about playing banjo, mm-hmm. and like because all the guitar players that I admired, when I looked up their past is mm-hmm. like they were banjo players it was like bluegrass background right mm-hmm. it was like so how do i <laughs> how do i get there yeah well i need a banjo <sighs> i need to i need to approach the guitar like a banjo so mm-hmm. and and it really has like helped my finger picking style and so like it, it it evolved um play style and like one thing i guess i would like give to people is First, I would say master your instrument. Yes. And when it comes to a guitar, I would say, like, you know, know, know every note on the guitar. Mm-hmm. Know wherever E is. Right. Every A. Know that. Yes. Know the scales. And then, like, when you begin to find, like, your play style and 
how you want to approach it. Well, then that's a brand new animal. Oh yeah, absolutely. Don't ever forget. You you would love this if you had one of these. But I'll never forget being in high school. Me and Cody got a get Joe. Oh, get Joe! Come you on, baby. One of those. Come on, so baby. It's strung like a guitar. So like, man, you talking about? You will break up a whole party at, at uh, a bonfire back in high school if you bro- if somebody's sitting around playing campfire acoustic and this my bus I get Joe. Are you <laughs> kidding on. me? Oh, those are the days. But yeah, I mean, just exploring different sounds. Absolutely. I mean, I I play a little guitar too. Like I've 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 done everything. I do, I play every instrument I can. I really <laughs> wanted to learn violin, but I bought like a super crappy violin online and never got to like to learn to play it because it was so bad. I'm kind of <laughs> the same way, dude. Like I I want to I want to explore it. You know, I want to see what it see what it's all about. Oh, one hundred percent. I've got a mandolin. I got a banjo, and I've got a guitar and. Um, I want to be a true true music because when I when I approach something like if like let's say you and I were playing together and I don't like the way that you're you're doing something, mm-hmm. I don't want to critique you unless I can do it better myself, right? Or, or unless I can show you like this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, <laughs> that's when you get into that weird musician speak where you're just like N- not the dang line like you got to do it photo photo. <laughs> Exactly. You yeah. Know what I'm about. I mean, I don't play. I play guitar, but I don't play like crazy levels of guitar, like Philip necessarily. So, like, when I'm trying to explain something, I mean, it's super simplified. But when you're working with a good group of musicians, you can always bring that together. Like, oh, I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and, that, and that's something that I appreciate too. Like, even like cross cross uh, type of instrument or whatever else is like. This is what I'm saying. But also, it's like. Trusting um, each other enough to, well, there ain't nobody else I'd rather have doing it. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And that comes back to the jam style. Like, is everybody going to be on the same page? Absolutely not. Yeah. Isn't that wild? <laughs> it's it's a crazy way to play, but, I mean, I love playing mostly improvisational music. I mean, that's that's really changed my life for the better. And that's one thing I can credit Philip and Josh with. Is like I was mainly a follower coming into it, and now like when we play shows, I'm straight up. I try to be, I try to run it a yeah. little bit. You know, I'm driving the bus. That's why I look at. That's why I look at it. everybody. Get on board. I'm about to. I'll drive us home. Don't worry. We are gonna get there. That's it. Yeah. It's kind of the way I felt. You know, like playing with you is like playing bass. It's like I'm just gonna. I'm gonna hold it down with. Him. Yeah. And uh, where he says go, I'm gonna go. Mm-hmm. And I always see a bass player as a co-pilot too. Like we're just. Yeah, we just riding that wave together. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a, that is just the way. Uh, man, to uh, break it off, I guess just a little bit from music, not to get too heavy on it, is um, let's take a break. I do want to talk to you a little bit about Mississippi. Yes. My favorite place. <laughs> the place where we sit. Um, I grew up right on the state line in Alabama. And a lot of things that went on in Mississippi were earshot. Mm-hmm. But I never really heard about them. Yeah. And then when you think about... Mm, 
not only even in a nationwide, but on a worldwide scale. Mm-hmm. Worldwide. Right. Worldwide. Wide, <laughs> wide, wide, baby. Worldwide production. Worldwide productions. Uh, Mississippi uh, had a great big influence on the entirety of music as a whole. Oh, yeah, 100%. I've seen it firsthand. Whenever we play that, uh, you know, when we do the Money Road Music Festival, the Ben Fest, that's going out to, like, Japan, that's going out to Holland, that's going out to everywhere. I mean, it's it's very popular. Yeah. Shout out Poe. Shout out Poe, yeah. I mean, um, this past year, I'm like, <laughs> I, we, we were booked for it. I, unfortunately, I didn't get to play it. I had to leave. But yeah. I had another interview to get to, but... Mm-hmm. Um, just to be there, and like he had someone from, I mean, God, where was she from? She was from Europe. Oh, I can't even remember the. Are you talking about Donna Sanders? Yes. Donna was great. Yeah, she she's a wonderful so talent. Mm-hmm. I want to say like Amsterdam, maybe. Yeah, I want to say she is from the Netherlands, maybe. Netherlands, um, yeah. Donna, I don't want you to be offended if you hear this and you're not from the Netherlands, but she, I think she was on the, uh, the European version of, um, you know, America's got talent pretty much. Yeah. So she she's very well known, and she uh, she's a great follower. Like if you want to follow her on Instagram, Donna Cinder, yeah. she's wonderful. Yeah, I mean that's a great plug. It's like uh, there there are so many like people that you don't think about, like Poe, mm-hmm. who runs this. What he started on AM radio, and then uh, yeah, everyone said that it just wouldn't work. No one no one wants to hear this anymore. <laughs> And I mean, I, I think about that with like Mississippi music as a whole. It's like, look at all that is inspired. I mean, look at. I don't remember who said it, Matt, but someone said, "If if you want the heartbeat of America, go to Mississippi." Yeah, if you want to understand the world, you must first understand a place like Mississippi. I think Morgan Freeman said that. I think that's it. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. You really do, because I mean, there's there's like, man. Living here my whole life, and I've never been many other places. Like I hope music takes me around the world, but I've never been many places. And like you see abject poverty here, you see like a lot of wealth here. You don't see much industry. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty quiet. It's got good air quality. Mm. <laughs> but, it does have that <laughs> because all the plants moved out. Like I remember, I grew up, you know, right down the road from the PB plant, and now it's gone. And um, you know, we've gotten some car manufacturers, but for the most part, it's just it's just flat lands and good music. Yeah. And it's not a good music scene. It's kind of wild. Like there, there's there's pockets where it's really good. You just have pockets. That's just but, a... yeah. You don't you don't see it on the same level as if you go play out of state. Like we'll go play in Orange Beach, or we'll go play, you know, a lot of places outside the state, and you see like a much more of a gathering culture. I don't know what it is about that. It's it's, it's weird. It truly is like ever ever since like uh, and Matt I can't tell you just and I can't I guess I could tell you how it started it was <laughs> it was Philip Sable like coming on the podcast but mm-hmm. um, man through Group Johnson or through all the iterations that uh, you and I and others have been a part of is like, mm-hmm. like that are, that those are some of my favorite memories yes. And especially, like, I think about, like, road dogging, like, you and I just riding in the car. And I remember, like, using, a piece, of, <laughs> using a piece of cardboard just to make the 
car battery or like mm-hmm. just to prop it up so oh yeah my car away, died you know? in the in the tunnel in mobile yeah, yeah i mean it's just like <laughs> i still tell that story that was the scariest i've been driving yeah no <laughs> kidding dude what a, what a time to be alive oh man but just with mississippi is like yeah it's exactly what you said is like yeah we have morgan freely morgan freely <laughs> morgan uh freeman freeman uh ground zero and we have jimmy duck Holmes at uh, Blue Front Cafe, and you have like these iterations of what I'm afraid is it's gonna pass away. It's 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 gonna be reiterated, but not to the sense that it is. And that is one thing that I'm very happy that uh, Philip, you and me, know how to do. Well, I'm hoping that. There's enough people that can appreciate the country style kind of rock and roll feel that Mississippi has always provided that'll keep it going. I worry that this next generation is going to keep it going as much, but I think that people our age and older will definitely keep it rolling like as long as we can. I mean, there's so many gems in Mississippi, like you said, Bentonia. That's one of my favorite places in the world. Clarksdale. It's so hard to compete with Shack some of the spots. You know? I love Natchez. Natchez is a Natch- great town. Natchez ain't going nowhere, but dude, that's that's a good spot. Hattiesburg, mm-hmm. Ocean Springs. Yeah. A- Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the Fileo Fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. A gems in this, in this place. Tupelo's got a bunch of really good music called hey, Brandon Amphitheater. The new... Um, there's some new spot in Meridian that's getting a bunch of big names. Uh, Philadelphia, actually, they Cleveland's coming. Yeah, up. they're yeah. We're we're starting to see some spots. I mean, I just you you would hope to see the music industry move here a little bit, and it's not such a such a pain for bigger acts to come here. You and know, I I don't want to dig too deep or just make it emotional or mm-hmm. sentimental, but yeah, that was that was one of the things that I always enjoyed about Groove Johnson. Yeah was you know each of us have all sat with and been with Jimmy Duck Holmes right and we we know the Bentonian style we know the tune we know how to we know how to drum it so mm-hmm. to speak yes we know the feel of it we know how to play it and so I don't have to worry about it being lost right. on top of Ryan Lee Crosby or Robert Connolly Farr. That's true. Yeah. You know, but like, thank God that Jimmy passed it on. Mm-hmm. I like seeing guys like Kingfish doing it. Um, really just Mississippi boys. That's what I love. I like seeing people like, I, I do respect uh, Ryan Lee Crosby a lot and I respect Robert Connolly Farr a lot. He's I, from Bolton, Mississippi. Oh, he is. Okay. I respect him even yeah. more. But I, I just like I just like seeing guys from Mississippi doing it because I feel like there's a huge talent pool that doesn't really have like maybe the means to do it right here local, but they have the means to go worldwide. And that's a that's a cool thing. Yeah, well, let's expand on that a little bit. Yeah. I mean that 
just like with Ryan Lee Crosby, mm-hmm. right? Like he has learned like the Indian style of like a sitar, and then like wrote really good articles and mm-hmm. <laughs> guitar papers for such. And then he did the same thing for the Bentonian style as if it was something of a foreign language. And so, like... It probably is for a lot of people yeah, that are it, from here. And I, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I thank God for people like Ryan Lee Crosby mm-hmm. to document that and to not only write about it and correctly document it, but to be also to be able to correctly play it. Yes. And that is one thing that I'll say about, like, Philip, you and I is... When Groove Johnson gets nasty, mm-hmm. like we're in the right key, yes, and we're taking it to that aspect. Oh yeah, it, it, it plays in Bentonia, but it's got a lot of hill country influence as well. It's got, it's, it just has all of our influences coming together, boom, all at once. Like I mean, I've <coughs> I played a lot of music before I ever knew about Bentonia, but it all plays. You know, when you learn it. And you figure out what it's about. It just follows the same rules as everything else. You just fall right in line. I mean, like, with your drum career, I mean, like, it's been pretty sensational. Yeah. Like, not taking anything away from that, but you, you've you been able to play drums and sit back behind some blues cats such as Jimmy, Jimmy Doe Combs and mm-hmm. others. It's like, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And it's also documented. It is cool as shit. I mean, think about that. I'll know? never forget something you told me one time. You were just like, I was just like, oh, yeah, man, I just want to make it. I just want to do this, and I want to quit my job, and I want to you know, travel the world and play. And then you were just like, haven't you done it? Like, you sat behind some big folks. And I was like, it really, it really kind of narrowed my perspective. And just like, it made me remember like, oh, yeah, you know, I have done some things. I guess I have. You yeah. know, it's hard, to, it's hard to see it when it's right in front of your face sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Yeah, it was just like, I mean, like what we're talking about now with like Will Bentonio style or Hill Country style live on? Will it will it be properly expressed? And you know, like with Fat Possum, and there is so objective of what people believe. Did they go in there? <laughs> no, <laughs> I missed. I thought I went in there. I was about props, uh. but you know, I'm. With all these old blue cats through Mississippi, and like, regardless of what people believe about Fat Possum, and it's like, well, Fat Possum took advantage of these guys. I don't disagree with that. Mm-hmm. But also, look at the other end of the spectrum. Who would have known if they hadn't? Yeah, that's true. That's true. And Fat Possum really straightened up their game, and Fat Possum still does really good things today. And we think about like Water Valley. We have uh, bands, um, bands. We have record labels such as, uh, you know, Dialback Sound. And we have these great venues in Oxford. We we have this Ben Tony at the Bluefront Cafe. We have uh, Clarksdale that's still, Clarksdale's probably the, man, they, they get the shack up in and they have all these old, places for these blues prayers to check in oh, and yeah, like, the really keep it real yeah. mm-hmm. and then you have Hattiesburg Jackson Ocean Spring and so um, I mean you look it up and man you've, you've knocked off more than I have as far as like these iconic places to play yeah, yeah. I've had some good opportunities true 
100%. Like, yeah, I played a lot of Ocean Springs. I played a lot of Clarksdale. I played Natchez Bunch. Like, I mean, there's there's some good towns in the state. You'd love to see it all. You'd love to see a thousand people at every show, but it's not, not going to happen every time. But well, yeah, and and that's the thing about it. Like, I, and I think that's what people are beginning to find out about Mississippi and places like this. And I don't know if it's just because of like the presence on uh, documentaries on Netflix or mm-hmm. something on YouTube or whatever else. Maybe it's this, but um, there's more prominence on this now. Like more people are really. I feel like are kind of laser focused on like Bentonia at the Bluefront Cafe and uh, Shack Up Inn, like, and mm-hmm. and I believe it takes things like this to continue to talk about it and be like raise awareness, be like, yeah, focus your eyes here. If you have a chance, go here. Oh yeah, these are this, there are events going on here, and you can get this experience. Oh yeah, and and like there's nothing like it in the world. No, nothing like it, and sp- and you know we. We've met people from all over the world playing at the at the um, at the Ground Zero Blues Club in Clarksdale. Yeah, you'll. I've met people from Argentina, from Japan, from China. <coughs> I've met people from all over Europe. There, I mean, it's the times that I played there. I feel like it was more foreigners than it was local people. Everybody coming to see what the blues is all about. Ain't that kind of crazy? It's mm-hmm. like when you when you talk to your neighbor and they, it seems like they don't have any idea of what's going on. Like, they don't care. I mean, they're really wrapped up in what's on the television. or Maybe they're just wrapped up in Mississippi State and go Bulldogs or whatever else. Yeah. It's like there, there's a bit of culture that is dying out, and you don't – you're not even aware. Mm-hmm. You know? That's true. Wow. I've been loving Mississippi since, I mean, for, well, forever, but – I remember just taking a lot of classes in high school. Like, I've had, from high school to collegiate level, I've had four different Mississippi history classes just out of pure interest, you know. I've taken electives on just Mississippi. Yeah, I bet you're a minority on that. Maybe so. Maybe so. But I feel like somebody's got to be a local historian. I mean, I'm, I've, I've talked to a bunch of them. <laughs> I've talked to a bunch of good people from Mississippi that understand what we got going here is pretty good. You know, the music is wild. There's a lot of different styles. There's a lot of different people that are coming up, like a bunch of young people that yeah. are really doing good stuff. And not to mention that, it's like, well, as far as inspiration, and I've been on my harp about uh, the Black Prairie, and like, and I want people to fact check me on this, and like, this is something I want to run by with you. Yeah. And I'm going to sit down with a music historian to talk about this, and I want us to continue to have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Is uh, the Black Prairie, which starts in Alabama, mm-hmm. runs over to around where Meridian is. Yeah. And it used to be by train up from Mobile. Mobile mm-hmm. was the first recording artist in this area. Yeah. And he recorded the things that we hear today. Not the blues, but it was what you would call like rockabilly. Right. And like those twin states, man. Mississippi is owed a lot, mm-hmm. but I, I don't want people to forget about Alabama. Right. There's a lot of good stuff going on in Alabama. I follow very closely to like uh, to Abe Partridge. That's Thank one you. Of the, that's one of the coolest things out of Alabama right now. Thank you. <laughs> I love that guy. Yeah, be an astronaut, baby. Let's go. Oh yeah, I'm an Alabama astronaut in Mississippi. It's the hardest thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I mean, when I think about Alabama right now, and I'm so, I'm an Alabamian, so I'm so proud. Is like you have Mobile, which has a partridge in the red clay trays, red and revelers. Mm. And I'm not trying to leave anybody out. I mean, I could name off Ross Newell and Eric Erdman. I could keep going down the line. Uh, you have Birmingham, Alabama, with James Mullis, which is, um, you know, early James and the latest, or St. Paul and Broken Bones, or you can go north to Florence and Muscle Shoals, Huntsville. Uh, you, you, you have uh, uh, the Civil Wars. You have John Paul White. You have Jason Isbell. Uh, Alabama's very uh, it has been very productive uh, when it comes to all styles of writing, whether it be folk, Americana, a country, uh, even with like when you think about uh, Red and Revelers, with more of like a sublime Taurus. Uh, you know, it might be a little bit, um, uh, you know, think three eleven, uh, ska. Yeah, yeah. You know that kind of. It's got horns, full sections. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same things goes for uh, St. Paul and the Broken Bones. Uh, I hear them on the radio now. They're mainstream, and I'm I'm, I'm just so happy. Yeah. So we're, we're, we love to see it. This is this is Alabama, baby. Mm-hmm. Let's go. James Mullis is with Dan Arbach at uh, Easy Eye Sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Black Keys. I mean, uh, Marcus King, uh, those guys. And yes, thank goodness for that. Yeah, I mean, we could go down the line with Mississippi. Yeah. We we could. Uh, we could talk about all the wonderful things, like Dan Arbach with uh, Easy Eye Sound. He put out Jimmy Doak Holmes' latest record uh, with Delta Cream, the Black Keys record. Um, there was a music video that was done at the Blue Front Cafe in Bentonia. I mean, let's go, baby. Like, mm-hmm. Mississippi and Alabama have really got it going on, folks. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so proud of where I'm from. There's a lot of good stuff around here. One hundred percent. I mean, we're so close. You're you're splitting hairs going between Alabama and Mississippi. You're really able to do it. Yeah, it's good that you get to see a lot of good stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, that was, you know, yeah, we might be behind on the times when it comes to like political. But, okay, so yeah, that's fine. But uh, Mississippi's come a long way when it comes to uh, marijuana laws. We got some breweries coming up. Breweries. Um, uh, dispensaries. There's a lot dispensaries. of Dispensaries. There's a lot of them about to pop up. About to, about, about to pop up in uh, Columbus. You yeah. might see one at Porch Talk, by the way. Uh-huh. Telling you a little bit about it. Let's put it out there. Uh, you can register for that card. And by the way, Matt, I, I had a. Uh, uh, I was a little taken back by it. Because I've. I didn't know if it like marijuana would be would be registered as a narcotic, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, if I register for something, would that give up my right to be able to carry a pistol or a gun, right? Because yeah. in some states it does, mm-hmm. and uh, and so like I I wouldn't like I don't want to be able to legally smoke weed and not be able to carry because carrying is more important to me. Yeah. Case. Definitely could be. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, but I was talking with a friend of mine today who just got his, his, you know, legal register. Yeah. And he's like, and I was like, well, will I be able to still carry because I, I don't want to, I don't want to be like illegal with it because I'm, that's not something that I'm willing to give up. Right. <laughs> and, and so, um, he's like, no, 
now. Because I was like, well, no. When we think about states like out on the West Coast and things like that, we those are things like when you sign up for that, you lose. It's like, it's no, no, it's not that way. I was like, okay, cool. Well, cool. Is but, that because the constitutional carry in Mississippi or is that just the, the laws attached to the... All the new medical laws. I would, I would assume constitutional carry because, like, any any law that a politician passes is going to be detrimental to one's freedom. <laughs> and, and that's as far as I want to go. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Well, I think it's a great thing to see them popping up finally. I mean, it's yeah, been, it's I'm been a long it. time coming, yeah. I always thought Mississippi would be one of the last, but it's good to see that we're, yeah, I mean, we're beating, doing what's right for the people that need medicine. You're beating Alabama, and I mean, that's another thing about medicine. I don't know if we want to talk about insurance. Um, when it comes to, um, oh my God, uh, the fentanyl crisis in the country, mm-hmm. um, I just wonder how much of that could have been avoided if people weren't uh, having to go that route. Maybe they could get a CBD or smoke a joint. Maybe that would alleviate it. You know, you don't know. Yeah. But I would be willing to bet it would be better than that alternative. Maybe so. Everybody's different. I mean, you can't you can't put anything into a wide category. <laughs> and, and, I, I, and I'm not willing to. Yeah. It's 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 hard to say, but I mean, I'd be willing to lean toward yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would be a stance. Um... Yeah, but yeah, I'm, I'm I'm totally excited for that. Um, uh, I'll tell you this. Maybe this will take the the conversation to another level. We'll see. Who knows? Is uh, a friend of mine. He was getting ready, a dear friend, getting ready to uh, um, introduce me to his girlfriend, mm-hmm. and I would have keen this to. Um, Meeting the parents, because mm. you're gonna introduce seeking validation. <laughs> yeah, but he, he he told me he said, "Look, when, dude, you cannot go like uh, you can't tell her about the clockwork elves and all these different things that you go off mm-hmm. onto in tangent." Yeah, he's like, Look, "Just kind of be normal." It's like, yeah, it's like, so what you're telling me is she's not an astronaut. That's fine. (laughs) But, um, you know, and like with, (laughs) with substance and everything that we have going on now, it's, I don't know. I I believe that, uh, there are dimensions to this. We live, uh, not in one, two, three, a third, uh, dimension. There is a fourth and there's a place that we can step out to, and uh, like you can see things for what they are. And this man against man, uh, and we like to do us versus them all the time. Yeah. If you were to step out there, you wouldn't. You would see like the principality and all the things that we would unite us against, and we would come together as humanity to to overcome that yeah instead we fight one one another yeah i hate that too man i really like to see everybody just love each other i'm not i'm not on either side of the aisle i just like i'm just here for peace and i hope that everybody i'll just hope that in the end everybody would just come together 
Yeah. yeah you hate to, you hate to see divide. Well, I do. I I really do. I have like a very unrealistic view, like worldview, because I'm just such a peacekeeper and so just. That's why I love you, man. Just get along, man. Everybody just. That's why I love you. That's why I like talking to you about it. It's like yeah. you give me hope. You know. Does that make sense? Yeah. I can like, provide maybe. loyalty and just like a, pup, a puppy dog level of just kindness. <laughs> you know, and, and talking about like uh, community and all this and that is uh, we have something coming up. It's called Porch Fest 23, baby. You know it's coming. You know it's coming. Oh, by the time you hear this, it's going to be about five days away. Oh, Porch Fest. April 14th and I 15th. Can't wait. I can't wait. I sat out there under a tent the whole time last time I was set up with my chair I had all my drinks with me I had all my snacks with me I sat and enjoyed about nine hours of music before we played that was incredible on top of that my man wouldn't even fit to be there mm-hmm <laughs> we're, we're just past a year dude, it was just at the year mark my no surgery. no 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 you just had your tooth yeah like, yeah, you should have, have been at home in bed. Here, here's a, a word to the wise to everybody. If you ever... You know, you know how they say if you get an abscess tooth that it could kill you? It almost killed me. Yeah, it, yeah. I cracked a tooth on a Friday and I was being rushed to emergency surgery on a Monday. There you go. And, and yeah, that was wild. But, I, yeah, I had just come out of surgery and it was, I, I told my wife, I was just like, I got, I just got to go. I got to go. Part. This, is, this is an obligation. I got to be there. I, was talking I sat there the whole day and enjoyed all the music. It was really good. I'm so thankful and for you and your family to come out and experience it. I'm so happy about this this year. It's no longer like in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's not in Kennedy anymore. Right. We moved it to Monson Brothers, downtown Columbus, Mississippi. 301 Second Avenue. Great spot. On the north side. Come on, baby. Let's go. But, um, uh, I hope to have the same sense um, as this will be my fourth music festival I've ever thrown. I hope it to be the best. And I hope it to be an encouragement to me to continue to do it. Yes. Because, uh, boy, I'm, I'm worn down and I'm tired. I met a lot of really, really cool people. If you're a local musician, it's a great spot to come and network and enjoy some really interesting quality music. I thoroughly enjoy my life. <laughs> Yeah, that's a point. Yeah, I that, thoroughly enjoy it. That's a point. Um, but this 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 year is going to be the gauge. Mm-hmm. Um, been at my house for three years. Great turnout for what it was, in my opinion. And uh, whether you can't control it. Uh, sometimes we had good weather, sometimes we had bad weather. We had food trucks come out, uh, but now we have moved it to a very convenient place, downtown Columbus. Yes, and great spot. Uh, what happens this season with this one, it is going to control whether I pursue it again. Mm-hmm. I expect a better turnout in Columbus. I think that it's going to be really cool, man. Regardless, there's going to be a lot of really, really cool people out there. That's how it was last time. You got to sit around. Uh, I just set up my tent and got my spot. And I mean, every, every passing soul stopped and shook my hand and 
was there in fellowship. That was one thing I liked about doing it in Kennedy. Yeah. If you really wanted to be there, you were there. <laughs> and you had to go well, through the trouble. Yeah, you had to go through the trouble. It, it was like a a passing of time, so to speak. Yeah. That was a fun fun thing. It wasn't far from Starville at all. No. Like, yeah, and you had several musicians come from way far away. It wasn't so bad for me. I, I'm glad I got to come all day and enjoy everybody. Got to meet some really cool people. <laughs> got to meet some very respectable musicians I had not met yet. It's a great no- networking opportunity for musicians, for sure. It's happening again. And I want to formally invite all of you uh, to Porch Fest 23. It's at Monson Brothers. We'll have pizza. We'll have beer. We'll have crawfish on Saturday. Yeah. And we'll have live music on Friday and Saturday night. Friday, 5 through 10. Uh, Saturday uh, from noon to 10 p.m. Come watch Groove Johnson shut it down. And that is something to behold. That's going to be a sight. Booked it that way on purpose, one would <laughs> say. I always book it that way, though. Yep. Oh, it's wild. Stick around to the end. I mean, it's going to be a party the whole time, but that's going to be that's going to be really fun for us specifically. <laughs> and, I, and I, like, just back to, like, what we're saying, like, and I don't mean necessarily for it to be, like, just a Mississippi thing, but um, I want Porch Fest to be something that is iconic, such as, like, uh, the Shelby County Fair, the Bentonia Blues Festival, or... Mm-hmm. Something iconic going on in Clarksdale. Like, I, I want this podcast to represent, like, the South. I want it to represent Mississippi. I want it to represent Alabama. Yes. I want it to, like, he knows what he's doing. You want it to be congruent with the, with the culture of, like, a really good indie scene, to be honest. Like, it wasn't, I mean, there's no, like, cover band country out there, but you're going to get. A lot of really, really unique original music, I would say. That's what it was last year. It was like a who's who of the best original music around this area. So good. That's what we're working for. Well, dude, we are going to wrap this episode up. I want to ask you three questions, Matt. Hit them one. Number one, uh, who's your most influential drummer? Who inspires you? It's so hard to say. It changes all the time. Um, I was like a real big Neil Peart guy when I was young. That prog style. It it's a very unique form of drumming that really influenced me young, and a lot of other drummers too. There's a lot of guys I can think of that were influenced by Neil Peart. Okay, Neil Peart, number two. If I were to ask you, what was your favorite show you played? Mm-hmm. What was it? Oh man, there's been so many over the years. First trip to Ground Zero Blues Club was definitely up there because I mean you have like BB King's autograph in the green room. Like their green room is just filled with the who's who of the best blues musicians in the world. That was really cool. There was one that was sneaky good that me and Philip did. It was the first time we ever played out of state. 
went and played in Vidalia, Louisiana. Come on, baby. And we just showed up and we didn't know what to expect and we set up everything and it was just like, uh, this might be fun. Man, we ripped it up. It was a full boathouse full of like uh, they they ran out of beer. Like they we sold out the whole bar on everything they had. It was nice. a great show. Yeah, that was a fun one. Question three. What are we going to talk about on the next episode? Oh, man. Let's go a little deep. We'll, we'll get a little wilder and deeper on the next one. Let's go. Yep. All right, boys and girls. You heard it. Peace. The blues got me even Make you hide And move the blue sky Ride the blue sky And we're up high And we're up high Come pass me by, come pass me by.